Good morning, everybody. Well, that was deafening. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Merry Christmas. This is our Christmas celebration, and uh, we are excited to just reflect afresh on the birth of Jesus and uh, get our hearts prepared for all that he wants to do. It's not our final meeting before Christmas. We're going to be meeting on Christmas Eve. Um, stay tuned for more details on this because we're still pulling it together, but the Lord's opened a door for us to do something different from what we planned. So we will actually be meeting at Carolina Forest Elementary School. We'll be doing a kind of Christmas carol service, and then we're able to serve meals to about 100 folks connected with the school who otherwise wouldn't get a really good meal on Christmas. So Christmas Eve, um, the meal's not for us, we're serving them, but yeah. No, no, yeah. Yeah, you're clapping because it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? But so we're going to organize things for us too. So we're going to have some uh, cookies and... Yeah, cookies and hot chocolate or cookies and hot apple cider. We will start at four and then the meal will be at five. And so that'll be at Carolina Forest. We'll send out more details. Sorry, it's all kind of short notice, but we're just pulling it all together. It all just kind of came over the horizon last week and we've been saying yes and seeing what God opens up, so... <laughs> as usual, this is Catch the Fire Myrtle Beach. We make it up as we go along, right? So let's pray for that, shall we? And pray for this time. So, Father, thank you for this time when we particularly say we see um, that you came amongst us, a baby, um, Jesus incarnate. And thank you for the gift of your presence with us. And thank you for this morning. And thank you for all that you're unfolding for this, this week. Uh, Father, thank you for the families at the school. Thank you for the staff that we've been getting to know. And so, Father, we want to pray a, a, a blessing over those families, that there be an anticipation of what you're doing in their hearts, an anticipation of your kindness, an anticipation of your generosity and provision. And so, Father, I pray that as they receive, as they come, that they would come and see that we would come and see, that we would come and hear, and we would be changed. And so thank you for this beautiful favor that you've put on, on us as we see you just bringing pieces to this picture. And so, Father, we, we just thank you, and we say let there be your oil of anointing over it and your presence, and let there be hearts healed, let there be salvation Jesus, Lord, I pray that there would be a homecoming for many. And we want to pray this morning for Renee and Alex, for Maxwell, for uh, Sherry, Father, just as they, and the whole family. Father, as they walk through a memorial service today, that you would be so present with, present with them. Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning is going to be a little different from normal since when has there ever been anything normal around here but anyway we are going to have kind of songs and readings and reflection all the way through so uh, just want to encourage you to to just jump right in uh, have your heart open uh, step right into worship with the with the songs we're singing some of these are new if you don't know them just listen they're easy to pick up but they're all focused around the birth of Jesus and what God wants to download to our hearts as we celebrate together.
to sing again in just a moment, but we're going to read if you got your Bible or it's on your phone. Uh, open up with me to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read the familiar passage with our focus on the shepherds. Because whatever is happening in the world, we want to discover what God is doing and join in with what he is doing. So Luke chapter 2, beginning from verse 1. During those days, the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, ordered that the first census be taken throughout his empire. Quirinius was the governor of Syria at that time. Everyone had to travel to the hometown of their family to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his wife Mary left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judea, to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped the newborn baby in strips of cloth and Mary and Joseph laid him in a feeding trough since there was no available space in any upper room in the village. That night, in a field near Bethlehem, shepherds were watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone, everywhere. For today, in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miraculous sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in the feeding trough. Then all at once in the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of man. When the choir of angels disappeared and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's hurry and find this word who is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they hurried off and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock, ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said.
I read that in the Passion Translation because it helps to break some of the familiarity that means that we just kind of gloss over, oh yeah, I know that, I hear it every year. But I want to pull out just a couple of things before we go back to worship. The first is that these were really tough times. You know, we look around us today and we think, gosh, it's pretty tough right now. But when the Roman emperor orders that everybody has to go to somewhere they didn't want to go to, to be registered, the reason for that was so that he could tax them even harder <laughs> and know exactly how much control he had over everybody. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty hard. But I want us to see that God steps into the hard times. That's the message of Christmas. No matter how rough it is, God steps in. But if you were expecting God to step in with a big army and you know massive uh, <laughs> power, this looks a little weird, doesn't it? Because the miraculous sign is not you know mass slaying in the spirit or huge revival meetings. It's a baby wrapped in strips of cloth laying in an animal feeding trough. I don't know about you, but that for me, uh, obviously we have the benefit of hindsight, but at the time, there were plenty of people who missed what God was doing because it didn't look like they thought it should look. They thought it was too small, too ordinary, too weird. <laughs> kind of like us meeting on a Sunday morning, I guess. But, um, but you know who does get to see what God is doing? The people who get overlooked. You know, we think shepherds, oh yeah, that's really nice. It gives us a chance to bring a lamb into the into the nativity scene and you know, everybody goes, Ah, oh, yeah, sweet, whatever. <laughs> but the shepherds were the service workers of the day. They were the McDonald's drive through people. They were the Taco Bell staff. They were the ones who had to break the Sabbath all the time to look after these sheep that were required for sacrifice but the shepherds were the ones who had to prepare the sacrifice and nobody really cared for them they were very much looked down on that's why they were out in the fields they weren't at home at night <laughs> they were out in the fields doing the dirty work and being underappreciated so I like to remember that every time I feel kind of left out and unappreciated which isn't very often thankfully but when I do I remember that that's where God often shows up. <laughs> the angels didn't go to the priests. The angels didn't go to the Roman authorities. The, ro the angels didn't even go to the regular people who were asleep. The angels went to the people who were on the outside. The least and the overlooked were often the first to see God. But there's an invitation to all of us to be sensitive to what God is doing so we don't miss what he's doing. There's always an invitation to come and see. There's always an invitation to draw near and discover. And I find that that's where the enemy likes to distract us the most. He'll try to give us lots of other things to do so we don't draw near. He'll try to give us lots of things to focus on so we miss the one thing God is doing. But if we're, if we're wise to his schemes, we can be like the shepherds who said, hey, let's go and see. Let us go and see this word, they said. That's rhema. It's the breath of God. It's what we value when we seek prophecy and to, to tune into what God is saying right now. 
Jesus, when he was born, was the rhema of God. God breathed his son into this world. And then when you meet Jesus, even in the smallest of ways, you want to tell everyone, <laughs> right? You want to rejoice. You want to tell. And you want to treasure and ponder. Because finding and adoring and telling and treasuring and pondering are all part of our worship when God steps into the hard times. A rescuer has been born and we can open our hearts and our eyes to see him more clearly. And that's what we're going to do with the next part of our worship. We're going to find, we're going to adore, we're going to tell and treasure and ponder.
is something much bigger than just a baby in a feeding trough going on at Christmas. Christmas is a revelation, a, a glimpse, an, an unveiling of a, a much bigger picture, of a much greater purpose. So let's go back to Scripture and read some more. We're going to go into John's Gospel and John chapter 1. And again, you can follow along in your Bibles or on your phones. Again, I'm not going from one of the regular um, straight translations, so I apologize. No, I don't apologize. <laughs> this is to help it be more real and more alive to us. John chapter 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who himself is God, is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God to us. There's that 
such massive importance to us seeing the light. God eternal becomes man and is now man eternal, the first of many. Jesus is the light and the light always beats the darkness. <laughs> when the sun rises, the night ends. When the life of Jesus comes into our lives, the old dead ways fade away. He gives us the right to be reborn spiritually. We go from darkness to light. We go from exclusion to inclusion. We go from night to day. We go from blind to seeing. We go from orphans to sons and daughters of God. So there's this eternal plan that we just kind of peel the corner away at Christmas and see the beginning of it. The eternal plan is for humanity to be restored to relationship and embraced into the Godhead. Christmas is the daybreak of transformation and restoration. It's that first ray of sunshine in the morning. There's much more to come, but this is the hope at the daybreak of transformation and restoration. So we're going to welcome that transformation, that daybreak, that shining light with our next two songs. <laughs>